Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This story is an example of true sportsmanship. This week on KSL Plus. just put down a run that I'm happy with and hold my head up high, it's it's a win in my book. Six weeks after the start of the Beijing Winter Olympics, Three, two, take two. we take a look back at the challenges. Anytime a teammate like uh, tested positive last season, I had to quarantine. The triumphs. I mean, it's truly, truly incredible and, you know, so thankful for everything Salt Lake has done for me. And what made this Olympic Games another Utah athlete bringing gold Unlike to Utah. any other. In Beijing at the 2022 Winter Olympics, I'm Alex Cabrero, KSL 5 News. I'm Matt Rascone, and this is KSL Plus, KSL TV's digital-only news show and podcast. And this week, I talked to my colleagues, reporter Alex Cabrero and photojournalist Jay Hancock, about their experience in Beijing covering the games. It's been a few weeks since you guys have gotten back. February 20th um, was when you guys were at the airport coming home. When you talk to people over the last few weeks, what, uh, what do you tell them when they say, how, how was China? Uh, you know, Matt, I, I know Jay could probably say this too. The first thing that really shocked me coming home was that we were allowed to go places. <laughs> you know, we were right. so locked down over there and we couldn't go to a restaurant. We couldn't go to a mall. We couldn't even really go, you know, anywhere in public. So to be able to like get out and go to a McDonald's, go to a gas station, just go buy popcorn or to a grocery store. To me, it was shocking that, oh, I can do this again. You know, like you, you get you get so used to how life is over there because we were there for, for a month that uh, it becomes the norm. You know, I got to catch the bus at this time. This is what time NBC has food available for us. Speed gating is at seven o'clock at night. You just become used to this routine um, that's pretty structured. And then you come home and you, you have the freedom to do kind of whatever you want. That was kind of shocking. And yeah, it, it's... It's good to be home. <laughs> I mean, I think I think he's 100% right. I think we were so locked down that it was uh, it was interesting to, to get home and all of a sudden have that freedom, especially after a month, um, to be able to just like, you know, I think the first thing I did when I was driving home out from the airport was like, oh, yeah, I can go hit up McDonald's or I can go hit up a restaurant on the way home. This is kind of nice. I'm not just on a shuttle straight to where we're going to sleep for the night, you know. So you guys are on your way there uh, toward the end of January. Maybe let's just start with, when we talk about your experience, the COVID part of it, because that seemed to be such a huge part of your experience there. And we should note, of course, you know, cases are way down right now, but in the, in the days, the weeks, the months leading up to the games, I mean, the Omicron variant was just spreading like crazy in a lot of places around the world, and everyone was just sort of converging. You had all these athletes that were converging on Beijing and uh, and so they they had this zero covid policy, it seemed like uh, talk about talk about that. 
the, the biggest fear maybe wasn't testing that you were going to be sick. The biggest fear was testing positive, Matt. And that was a real concern throughout the Olympics. And what we heard is that Americans who were heading over there, we were negative beforehand. We had to go into our mini quarantine beforehand. We had to test negative several times uh, before we uh, even left on the airplane to go to Beijing. Uh, once we got there, it was another round of testing and we got tested every morning. But we were hearing a lot of Americans were testing positive when they landed just be, it, and they were negative beforehand. And we heard it could be because they do the throat swab over there, not the nasal swab. And maybe the throat swab is a little more sensitive. Uh, also, their threshold for what considers positive uh, is a lot higher or lower, depending on your point of view, than what it is in the United States. So the fear is that you would test positive. And then if you test positive because of that zero COVID policy, as you mentioned, Matt, uh, you got put into an isolation center. Uh, basically, it's, it's, it's another hotel. It's not as nice as the hotel we were staying in uh, like normal. But you were locked away in an isolation center in your room, no going outside uh, for a long time until you could test negative. If you even had the opportunity to test negative. Uh, some of our NBC colleagues, when they would test positive, they were there 10, 11, 12 days. And then eventually they had to get released, but they were releasing right back to the airport or right back to the airplane. So that was the biggest concern is testing positive because um, that meant we couldn't do our job. We were locked away in this room for who knows how long. The part that I'll add that I think was most striking with, with everything to just add to Alex was saying is that when we got off the plane, it wasn't like, oh, hey, we're in China. It was unreal, like the amount of quarantine control that they had. They had the airport pretty much closed off, or at least a section of the airport, as far as we know. Uh, we walked in to guys wearing full hazmat suits yeah. with pretty much uh, lines um, kind of drawn on the floor and signs saying quarantine center this way. And, you know, they were like little happy signs, but it's eerie. It's, it's kind of like a weird sensation of almost like apocalyptic in a way because it's all sterilized everything the whole airport we i think arrived at like maybe one or two in the morning and the only people to greet us were the customs agents basically in full hazmat gear rushing us out of the airport as fast through customs as fast as they can it was a little nerve-wracking because if you tested positive that's that was it you didn't know what was going to happen to you that was you just knew something was going to happen You guys are going over to uh, to Beijing to capture the stories, especially of those people who have connections to Utah, which was a bunch of the team, uh, whether they were from or visited or trained in Utah. Uh, how did it actually impact that work of trying to bring Utahns these stories, these awesome, incredible stories of of people uh, making it to the Olympics? I think the biggest impact with those athletes is that oftentimes. Uh, Say, say, Matt, you were a speed skater and you were in the speed skating competition. Um, normally in an Olympics, we go to a place called a, a mix zone. It's an interview area to interview the athletes afterwards. Um, that you had to apply for it this time and you could be denied under the, the guise of COVID. So sometimes, well, often, we were denied to be able to go to uh, where our Utah athletes were competing. Uh, you have to negotiate and work your way to try to get in there and such. But that was probably the biggest thing is that you couldn't just go to where our athletes were competing to interview them. You had to apply to do it. Um, that, that made it a little difficult because we couldn't get to as many Utah athletes as we wanted to. We went to a lot, don't get me wrong, but we'd like to cover as many as possible. So uh, th that made it difficult. And also in past Olympics, we could go to the to the athlete's village and we could meet with an athlete at where they're staying and, and do a little walk and talk or 
or walk down the streets of the city and do a fun story like, like that. I remember um, for the Real Olympics, uh, marathoner Jared Ward from Provo, Utah County area. We met him at the Athletes Village. We interviewed him. We, we walked with him. We, you know, we had fun. We, we showed that. And that's something we just could not do at these Olympics uh, in, in Beijing. We couldn't, we couldn't go anywhere but where, um, where they were competing. Jay, this was your first uh, Olympics. Uh, what was that like? Uh, just so structured, not, not what we're used to out in the field, you know, when we're covering stories here in Utah. It was interesting. You know, actually, Alex told me multiple times, and I, I actually I can kind of, I don't, I don't want to say I, can, I think I could see what he's talking about. He told me multiple times that this isn't covering the Olympics. This is t- something completely different. And uh, after going through it, and now that we're kind of past it, I can kind of get what he's talking about. I mean, I probably got a little bit of a taste of what other crews have done for Olympics. But with what we did, we didn't cover really Olympics. We basically ran a, uh, a marathon of trying to stay COVID negative on top of all the different security measures that they had there. Um, like, for instance, one, one of the days we were going, I, I, and maybe Alex can correct me, but we were 20 minutes late just because they detained our driver um, because right. he had forgotten, he'd forgotten some sort of credential. And so all of a sudden we're sitting in the back of the car with a whole bunch of um, police officers that are like tapping on the glass and like looking at our credentials and no one knows what's going on to finally the driver coming back all sweaty and nervous and like, I'm so sorry, I didn't have my credentials. So I got detained for a few minutes and, it, and lots of yelling and then literally pulls forward 20 feet and lets us out of the car. That 20 feet difference was was the difference between us getting in the venue or waiting outside for 20 to 30 minutes um and then of course we're rushing in and it was all because of covid it was because they're they're so uh rigidly structured on how they're treating it matt to add to that too you know talking about the olympics experience the area around where we did a lot of our reporting they had set up everything as if they were hosting a full olympics we're talking tents uh, party areas, vendors, everything was set up, but empty. Empty. Yeah. It looked like an Olympics from the outside, but it was not. Jay's right. It, it just wasn't a, a normal Olympics. And, and it's unfortunate because that's what the Olympics are, Matt. They're supposed to be a coming together of the world and a celebration. I, I was fortunate enough. My first Olympics was the Beijing in 2008 for the Summer Games. And, and that was awesome. We were allowed out in the public. We went to Forbidden City. We went to the to the Beijing Zoo to see the panda bears. We went to the Great Wall of China. We did all these wonderful cultural stories that shows a country and shows a city. And, and this was not that. This was, it, we were just covering our athletes and that's it. There was no, there was no allowed to really show the culture. Could you see or get a sense uh, from the athletes how it was impacting their experience, especially those who had, well, there for the first time or, or they, they had, they've been there before, but this was just different. Uh, they're pretty focused anyway, especially during an Olympics. They are laser focused on their events, and maybe they wouldn't go out a lot anyway before their events. But after their events, when they're done, yeah, they would like to go out and uh, and meet athletes from other countries and and do their thing. And uh, they they were really upset about that they couldn't do that. But even more than that, Matt, they were upset that their friends and family couldn't be there for these Olympics because they compete here in the U.S. They compete around the world, and often their friends and family can go with them and support them and cheer for them and be there if they don't have a good match or a good competition, you know, for that emotional support. And they didn't have that this time. So I heard that a lot from athletes is that they felt like they were alone often. They had their teammates and that's their family as well. 
but just, you know, friends and family not having that definitely impacted them. Uh, it was more, not just physical, it was a big mental game as well. I thought what was interesting and after the first couple of venues uh, that we attended, it was kind of exciting because they would come around the corner and Matt, it's full of foreign journalists. Nathan, how's it going, man? Good, how are you? <laughs> you did it. Uh, are, yeah. are, are you more excited at this point or, or relieved, Nathan? Um, I mean, definitely a mix of both. And um, they come around the corner and they see Alex. Uh, I mean, I, I never thought I would ever make it this far in my career. So to be able to have this, this moment, this opportunity. Who's maybe done a dozen stories with them. And they're excited because, holy cow. There's Alex. And not only that, it's another American. It's somebody else that's not inside their little bubble. Hey, man. Thank you so much. Congratulations, man. Thank you. And it's funny when we would run into people that weren't inside our little work area that were American. It was like, hey, how's it going? We're best friends now because you're in this little bubble covering the Olympics. And to meet somebody that's from the outside that you're not, you know, what's your experience? like? And you're basically, it's almost like old friends catching up for those few minutes that you have before they're whisked away or before you have to move for somebody else at these little mix zones. Yeah, Alex, uh, remind us, how many Olympics have you covered and where have those been? Yeah, this is, uh, I've been fortunate enough, this is my seventh Olympics. Uh, second one in Beijing, I did, uh, um, I was on the Vancouver team, but that was during the recession. So I was cut from that team. So I, I wasn't able to go to Vancouver, but then it was at London 12, Sochi 14, Rio 16, Pyeongchang 18. I've been honored to witness Tokyo 2021. Really, Tokyo is my sixth games to cover. It's a lot of Olympics, but really one job: bring all that greatness home so you can feel the electricity, just like I do. And then, uh, and then this one, Beijing. So it's been an interesting series of Olympics. We've had two Chinas, uh, uh, Brazil, uh, uh, Russia, a uh, Pyeongchang. <laughs> so being able to go out would have been a, a, an amazing experience. And with Jay being this his first Olympics, I wish he would have had that experience too, because. Uh, covering these is fun. It's an honor. It's a privilege to do this kind of work. And I wish he would have had that normal experience uh, to know what it's like. So I keep telling Jay, Paris is in 24. Maybe we can get him over there. <laughs> hey, yeah. So usually when you go to these Olympics, there it's not just you. There are a couple of crews. So what was that? Uh, I mean, we had people here in Utah that were, that were covering a lot of those stories here. But how did that, uh, how did that just add to uh, all the things that you guys were doing when you were over there? I mean, were you doing the work of three crews or what was that like? Yeah, Matt, I think you sound like one of our managers. Yeah, they, I think our managers still thought we had three crews over there. Yep. <laughs> no, I, I joke, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we worked around the clock. I mean, we often, Jay and I did 16, 17, 18 hour days to cover athletes in the morning and the afternoon at night, uh, Beijing time. But then we had to be live in our newscast in the mountain time zone. Jackson knows she wouldn't be here in Beijing if not for her teammate, Brittany Bowe, giving up her spot. So now Jackson wants to prove she is worthy of it. And You're kind of living in two different mountain, uh, two different time zones. So yes, that was difficult. Believe in her. Did you see it? Sure, maybe Once Jay and I could have pushed and said, no, we're tired. But at the same time, these athletes have dedicated their lives four years to get to this moment. They're from Utah. We celebrate the Olympics here in Utah. So even though, yeah, there were some times where Jay and I were very tired, we had to cover these athletes. We had to at least get them some coverage because uh, they deserve it. But looking back now, it's like, you remember you were tired, right, Jay? But, but it's also fun because when we covered Erin Jackson, when she won the gold medal in the women's 500-meter speed skating event, that was awesome to be there for that. And uh, Jay's right. When she came around the corner, and I've covered her for a few years now, and she saw me, she had the biggest smile. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Good. How are you? 
Long time no see. Oh yeah, it's been oh, a couple weeks anyway. <laughs> And, and that is the payoff, honestly, is when these athletes see you and they're like, oh, we did it. And, and it's, it's just hard to put into words, right? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have seen it coming, you know, not too long ago. I, I don't know how to put it into words. That that truly is the payoff when uh, when they do well and you're there covering them. And, and personally, for me, that's such a rewarding moment as well. So. It was hard to tell with, with one pair to go. It's like you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's long. Yes, um, with only one crew there this time, there was a lot more work to do. But so it's just, it feels great. Salt Lake City is so proud of you right now. Everything Brittany did for you, everything you did, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. Congratulations. It was rewarding when we were done because I think Jay and I will always have that bond together. And we were like, we did it. We did it. So it was a lot of work, but it's only for three and a half weeks. Only. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is, I mean, we definitely were human beings. We, we had days where, you know, I was tired and Alex was like, hey, dude, it's okay. We, you know, we can just, we could just do a 10, 12 hour day. We're fine today. We don't. And I was like, you know what? Nope. What else are we going to do? We're going to, we're in quarantine anyway. Let's just, let's just do it. And for the same part, I'm sure Alex got there as well. of just like, you know, just that burnout. And we just, because I think it was the two of us, we were able to say, you know what? Uh, it's just us. You know, we're not going to phone it in. Let's, we can, we can do this. Just a few more minutes, a few more hours. And in the end, I actually feel pretty good about coming home, knowing that we literally did everything we could to get in and cover the athletes. I mean, we, we had to literally fight some pretty big fights to get in there and, and, and do some of that coverage. And it feels good knowing that we were successful for the most part on, on doing that. Yeah, your coverage was awesome. But without, uh, without just focusing on the challenges of, of the Olympics, can you talk about some of the, uh, the good times, the fun, uh, the fun times that you had, uh, or some of your favorite moments with the athletes or, uh, or some of the favorite events uh, that you guys experienced? Yeah, personally for me, I mentioned this a little bit, but Erin Jackson. It's, it's hard to describe. Seeing me and recognizing me after she won a gold medal. Brittany Bow, I've covered now for three Olympics. After her skate, all she wanted to do was talk about Jackson. Absolutely. I uh, knew that she had an opportunity to do something really special out here. And uh, Olympic champion, I'm speechless. Nathan Chen, when, when he won gold medal. It's not 2018 anymore. This era has belonged. I've been chatting for about four or five years now. Yeah. You sound happy right now. <laughs> yeah, that, for sure. that you, you feel <laughs> yeah. good, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I absolutely feel good. Um, yeah, again, like I just never, I never really thought I'd be able to make it this far. So just, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Those moments for me are pretty cool. I try not to get be too much of a fanboy. Like, oh, this is cool. You know, you got to be a professional. But when Jay and I, when we were in the interview area, we're watching a monitor. We don't actually see the competition when he was uh, figure skating. We're watching a, a TV screen like everybody else in the interview area. And when he nailed it, when he – in that short program where he fell in Pyeongchang, but then he nailed it, I don't care that you're not supposed to cheer in the interview area. I was cheering. You know, what are they going to do? You know? So th those moments for me are really special. But Hey, I found something that's probably hotter than the Utah real estate But market. also the shopping. Check this out. This is Bing Dwen Dwen. He is the official mascot of these Beijing Olympics, and he is a very hot item. We this weren't allowed to go out, and I'm going to tease Jay like this until the day he retires, <laughs> and probably afterwards, but that guy oh, that's likes fine. to shop. There was one gift shop, <laughs> one gift shop in our, in our workspace area um, where you can go to this, this, this little store, and every day they changed if it's a keychain or a magnet or a pin, or eventually they had those panda bears. Bing Dwen Dwen. 
And this is the item everybody's waiting for. Here's the thing. They don't know how long it's going to be in stock for. And every single day, they only put a few of these out. That everybody loved, that people were waiting in line for four hours. Jay wanted to wait in line for that dang thing. And, and he, he convinced me and talked me into doing that. And so I waited in that dang line. And it, it's those things that, that were fun. You know, like yeah, that moment of when we got at the back of the line and they're telling us it's a two-hour wait. And I'm just like, whatever <laughs> we, we had time to do it that day so we did it and we got that panda bear and bing duen duen the official mascot for the beijing 2022 yeah, olympics a hot item that Jay's was the best be that was the best two and a half <laughs> hours of your oh, life oh my goodness oh my we, uh, goodness enjoying that panda bear or someone James. oh my goodness oh yeah, yeah no i i took little photos of it in our workspace and sent them home to my son my little five-year-old um and he was more excited to get that panda when we got home than he was to have his dad home <laughs> and, and uh every the joke within the nbc group too is they all know that i like chicken parmesan that's like my favorite meal yeah. and every day we're like i wonder if chicken parm is going to be on the menu today no 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 and i think it was the last week they finally had chicken parm and it wasn't on spaghetti or pasta it was on coconut rice I was fine yeah. with that, whatever, because it was chicken parm. I was so happy that day. That was probably the best day for me is when we had chicken parm. And I know Jay would probably tease me about that forever. So <laughs> I've never I've never seen Alex move so fast as the day that chicken parm became available <laughs> at the cafeteria. Did you come home and think, uh, all right, let's what about that next one? Let's uh, let's get ready for that. Or it was like, uh, all right, I need a <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> No, um, for me, it's like, I'm tired of the Olympics. I'm tired of the theme. I'm tired of the rings. <laughs> you do get tired of it, especially because Tokyo was just six months before these Olympics. Yeah. Um, you know, because Tokyo was delayed a year from 2020 to August of 21. And then we get home from Tokyo and immediately they're already putting together teams for the, for the winter games five and a half months later. So it, it's a lot back to back. But um, no, I don't want to, we don't have to worry about Paris for two and a half years. And that, that's good. <laughs> If I'm lucky enough to go to Paris, if I'm lucky enough to do another Olympics, uh, yeah, we, we don't have to worry about that for a while, so that's good. And Jay's awesome. Jay, again, when we're only there together, when it's just Jay and I, you got to have a crew where you get along with each other. You know what I mean? And sure, sometimes maybe we get we get a little short with each other because of the sleep deprivation, but I would recommend Jay to do another Olympics in a heartbeat. He even pushed me to do more than what I've normally done, you know, to make story, to make them look better. And um, and I always appreciate that with a photographer that's willing to to go the extra mile because it's it's not my story it's our story it's KSL's story it's the athlete's story and he he's a stud so credit to Jay for uh, for making this a good experience because if he and I didn't get along this would be a miserable experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and I'll you know I'll, I'll echo that right back to Alex. I mean, I think we actually work really well as a team and and uh, we're able to motivate each other to bounce things off each other, make it look better. Um, and, and really just to tell a better story, because in the end, it's not about us and our, and our journals or our, our journey there. It's, it's, it's the athletes. It's what they've gone through. I mean, these, I didn't train for four years, you know, to, to go to the Olympic games. These guys did. And uh, their, their, their career, their heart and souls in it and everything. And, and I, I mean, I don't want to say a nightmare scenario, but to go to a games like that, where there's no, there's no one in the stands for the most part, there's no family there. There's no support to go and cover them. Um, it's kind of an honor, like to be there. And, yeah. and Alex was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he, he, he negotiated, he, 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 yeah, he, I mean, 
like with with going to prior Olympics, he knows people at the venues, the venue managers, and was able to you know finagle a way of to 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 get us into a spot, even if it's just for thirty seconds, as as an athlete's you know walking by at the end. And it's and you know KSL's known. I mean, we go there, and KSL is known. There's not a lot of affiliates that are there that are that are just I don't want to say small market because you know, but but little affiliates that are from this little town. I mean, Chicago's there, New York's there, and San Francisco. But, you know, Salt Lake, we're known for our, our winter games and to go and represent Salt, uh, Salt Lake at least a little bit um, was amazing. I want to add one thing, though. Yeah. Can I add one thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, you'll have to forgive me, Matt. Uh, people need to stop asking, though, how was China to, to Alex and I? <laughs> And the, and the reason I say that is because we didn't. Now, Alex has been to China and experienced it in 08, but we didn't experience China. Yeah, there was yeah. nothing, you know, everybody's like, oh, how, how was the Great Wall? How was the Forbidden City? I haven't experienced any of that. I've experienced <laughs> the airport of China and it was terrifying. Alex was laughing the whole time because he thought it was the, the silliest thing ever. But like, I, you know, if, if I could add one thing to all of this, it's like I would go back and, and, and sure, visit China, but not like this, not now. You know, it's, we definitely did not visit China. Right. right. Jay brings up a good point. All my buddies like, oh, you got to go to the Olympics. You got to see all these events. That's not true. Of the whole Olympics, I went to one event. I went to the gold medal women's hockey match, USA versus Canada. That is the only event that I actually got to watch. That was one of those things where I, I was approved, but I think Jay was denied the gold medal match. Yeah. So I don't think Jay actually went to any events where he was just watching it. So all of our buddies back here that think, oh, the Olympics, you just got to go watch. We No, that's, that's not the case at all. So still fun now. <laughs> yep. In Beijing, one more time for the 2022 Winter Olympics. I'm Alex Cabrero, KSL 5 News. Yay! Give me a hug. That does it for us this week here on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone. We'll see you again next week.